May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 5. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. This is God's word to God's people.
Well, so here we are at Easter, heralding the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And why are we doing this? I think it's because we're followers of this Christ that through the power of Christ, God has touched our lives and has drawn out from us a, a response of awe, of faithfulness. Believing in or maybe even being blown away by what God has done through Christ Jesus. That's what brings us here. And because of that, we seek to emulate, we seek to follow Christ Jesus. We seek to have the mind of Christ. We seek to have the, the heart of Christ. We seek to have the ways of Christ be our ways. We seek to be molded and shaped by God through Christ Jesus. Over the Lenten Sundays leading up to today, we've been discovering what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. We have identified some core principles that we embrace as we seek to be and become more fully disciples of Christ. These are core principles. That's what this insert's about. Now, if, if you haven't had a chance to be with us through many of these Sundays, um, you can go to the website and you can find the sermons related to these Sundays that help to spell out what these core principles are all about. Simply said, what we're recognizing is that once we are touched by God and we recognize that, we are drawn to respond to that touch. We experience that mercy, that grace, uh, that transformative love in our lives. And with gratitude, we seek to respond. And, and we respond in two major ways. One is through loving back God, loving God. And the other way we respond is by loving neighbor. The two things that Jesus said was the most important that we should be mindful of if we want to be people of faith. And with these core principles, we've been talking about how love of God is seen as our private devotions and our public worship, and love of neighbor is seen as individual compassionate acts towards other people, as well as collective acts of compassion, social justice ministries. The last two core principles are more about belief than they are about behavior. They're the essential center points of our faith, and, and clearly and simply they are Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus Christ is Savior. Disciples of Christ believe these two foundational doctrines, adhere to them and find ways to express them in their lives. Last week on Palm Sunday, we talked about Jesus as Lord. It was a natural since Jesus was parading into town as the, as the king of a new kingdom. Today, we look at Jesus as Savior. It's anchored in the crucifixion, anchored in the, the empty tomb. The events of Holy Week and Easter morning, and most importantly, the effect of all of that upon us, upon humanity, how things have changed. 
the effect it has upon you and upon me. We believe that things like this have happened because we have found transformation in our hearts. And so we embrace them and we dance to a new song. We live a new life. As we marvel over the wonder of the resurrection, the triumph of good over evil, we assert that love conquers hate. And we're bold enough to live our lives that way. We yearn to have that spiritual power affect our lives. And so we open ourselves up to the influence of God in Christ Jesus and pray that God would give us a second chance, that God would give us a leg up, that God would wash us clean and reshape us. Our lives are reconciled to God, thanks to Christ Jesus. We are atoned, we are given new life, and now we seek lives that reflect that quality of Christ Jesus so that others might see a reflection of God at work in the world by how God is at work in us. So I, I thought maybe today um, I would share a parable with you that to my mind kind of embraces what I've been talking about in the sermon series and certainly uh, speaks about our experience this morning. It's called a man, The Man and the Bag. It was written by James Harrison, a prior pastor of First Congregational Church, UCC, uh, Woodstock, Connecticut, and I have taken the liberty to, to mess with it a little bit, to make it a, a little shorter and to fit our purposes a bit. My apologies to Reverend Harrison. Once upon a time, there was a man who gave a wonderful gift to everyone he met. He traveled from town to town with his bag of gifts thrown over his back, stopping whomever he saw, old or young, rich or poor, offering them this free gift. And no matter how many gifts he pulled out of that bag, that bag never seemed to lighten. It stayed full of more gifts. Now, people weren't exactly sure at first just what they had been given. And they weren't accustomed to this unmerited generosity of something as wonderful looking as this gift was. So they usually felt kind of awkward about it and they would just mumble politely something or smile or maybe even chuckle a little bit, not knowing really what to say or, or, or what to do. They would hold their gift and they would move it around and, and look at it and say, my, how lovely. But, but what do I do with this? There were always a few who, as you might expect, wouldn't even take the gift, turned away and, and walked. Occasionally, there were others who caught on right away as to what was going on. 
the gift was something to look through. Well, you could stand on it, you could, you could toss it up in the air, you could play ball with it, it was that kind of a thing, but really what it was meant for was to look through it. And if you look through it just right, it changed forever everything that you saw. It changed the past and it reshaped the future. It made enemies look like friends, it made unattractive people look beautiful. And it also changed, remarkably, how the gift recipient saw him or herself. When some people held the gift just so, that person could see a a radiant brightness, a, a warm and colorful glow transform their whole selves into someone beautiful, someone lovely. Someone capable and special. One of a kind. No one like him or her. And although it was not at all surprising, really, when they saw themselves that way, well, they began to treat other people the way they themselves saw themselves and wanted to be treated. They were able to see the glow coming around and through other people too. It was a a marvelous, marvelous gift that this man was giving out. Now the one thing the man with the bag did ask of everyone he gave the gift to was that they would break off a piece of that gift as that gift grew. It grew each day that they used it and as it grew he said, take a a little piece and, and give it as a gift to someone else, teaching them how to use it, how to look through it. So parents were asked to share the gift with their kids and friends with friends, and and those folks who were outgoing were asked to, to give the gift to strangers. The thing was to keep it growing, remembering that if it was used and shared every day, It would be theirs forever. And some did just that. And others, to their great disappointment, did not. One woman who was given a piece of the gift from a very old friend and and used it every day, holding it up just, just so, discovered that it worked especially well when she was crabby or irritated, which was often since she had 11 kids. (laughs) Yet she was able to break off 11 good pieces, sturdy pieces, to give her kids. While her neighbor down the block, well, he put his gift on a shelf and brought it out only for, for ceremonial occasions. He couldn't find any way to break off a piece to share. In fact, uh, his gift appeared to be shriveling up and wasn't giving off much of a glow anymore. Fortunately for us, there were many who used their gift each day and it changed them. They were the one who passed pieces of 
what that man with the bag had given them down to us to this, this very day. Those were the people who cared for the gift, who used it, who gave it away. Thanks to them, the gift is still alive. Occasionally, therefore, you'll still meet someone with a, a piece to share. Recently, I've also met some people with an unusual, peaceful, and gentle presence about themselves. Friends and strangers with lots and lots of love and forgiveness to share. Courageous people with sparkling smiles and hearts filled with mercy, with joy. I've seen them living their lives well, just so. It makes you stop and wonder. Have they encountered the, the man with the bag? Has the man with the bag given them a priceless, sparkling, growing gift? It might just be so. Perhaps some of us here have the gift already. Maybe we don't even know it. What do you think? I myself like to think it's true. The gift is already here among us for those who receive and like and share it. It sparkles. I've seen it like forgiveness. It glows out there among you like love. It's radiant like peace. It's honest and it's sturdy like justice. So if you spot the man with the bag before I do, and he seems to be giving something away, do me a favor and send him over to me. And I promise that if I see him first, I'll send him to you. This is what we've been talking about this Lent. Receiving the Spirit, experiencing the faith, expressing the faith, sharing the Spirit with others. This is discipleship. This is the essence of it all for us. Let those who have ears hear. Hear and rejoice. Christ is risen. He is risen the gift of new life is ours. Receive it. Share it. Hallelujah. Amen.